Hi, this is Andy Miles, producer of Into the Gap. Wednesday, February 19th, we recorded a pair of episodes at The Wire in Berwyn, where we celebrated all things Berwyn with Mayor Robert J. Lavero and his wife, Gail. Hosted and moderated by Mike Sherrick, they talk about living and growing up in Berwyn, the current state of the city, and what the mayor envisions as he embarks on a fourth-term re-election campaign. The reason I wanted to talk with Bob and I wanted to have this is I grew up here. I don't live here anymore, but I grew up here. I put my office here. So I'm kind of this kind of on the outside, but in Berwyn guy. And Berwyn is a significantly different place today than it was when I was riding my Schwinn five-speed, you know, at, uh, through Prosca Park at 25 miles an hour. So um, the reason I really want to have this conversation with you guys is, is to really look at the whole process and the journey of how, where Berwyn was where it is today, and where is it going to go in the future. Does that make sense? Yes, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so that's kind of the idea of what we're going to do today. And, and throughout it, I hope what we can do also is be really honest about some of the challenges, and both in the past and moving forward. Because uh, I had a conversation earlier. I think the only way that change occurs is if we really address the things that aren't working and the challenges we have. Not like pointing and blaming over there, but like really getting curious, like why would someone say that or do that? And go over there and get curious about it and learn from them. And likewise, if someone's offended with me, have them come over to me and say, what's going on up there? Are you brain damaged? And the answer might be, yeah, you know, it could be. I mean, I could be an idiot, but you know, to, but to really get curious for what's going on. So that, that's, that's kind of why, I, you know, I'm, there's no topic that's off limits for me. But for you, you know. I, I don't have any topics that are off limits. Okay. I'm always um, interested in the criticisms yeah. of me personally, as well as what I do with the city. Yeah. So, because you don't learn anything unless you listen to the criticisms about yourself. Yeah. So, I, let, why don't we start there? Like, what I'm really curious. I mean, you've been, you grew up here, right? I moved here in 1961. Okay. Uh, so first grade. So. So I, first grade. Yeah. Yep. You were here before me. Yes. Oh my God. Okay. So, I think I'm older than you too. Not by much. <laughs> When's your birthday? Uh, April. I'll be 65. Yeah, you're two months older than me. Okay. okay. Right. So I, I will defer to your elderliness. <laughs> so yeah. So you came here in '61, and you were a little kid in first grade, and you went to St. Mary's Cell, right? St. Mary's Cell, correct. Yeah. And then you went to Fenwick. Yes. Right? And then you went to Loyola. Loyola. Yeah. And then, then you were involved in Berwyn politics, like pretty early on, weren't you? I really didn't get involved until uh, I graduated from law school in, in the early 80s, like 81. Yeah. Um, shortly when I was that studying was for the bar. That was still almost 40 years ago, Bob. Yeah, it was a long time ago. <laughs> when I was studying for the bar, my dad yeah. passed away. Yeah. Uh, so um, I stayed home to make sure that my mom was okay and everything. Yeah. Um, basically, then I got a couple of jobs downtown working with one and two men law firms yeah. until I decided to venture out on my own. Uh, back in, when did we open the office, son? 87. No, 87. We bought the building in okay. 86, remodeled it, opened in 87. Yeah. Uh, then I've been on my own ever since. Yeah. But, um, I mean, just to paraphrase what you just said, Berwyn's changed a lot. I mean, for that, the better. Oh, absolutely. That's the thing I was going to say. Like, so going back to 61, and then there's like 81, and then 87. So there's these big leaps, right? Right. And these big shifts in, in the experience of, of Berwyn, you know? 
And I want to know what's, what I'm really curious about, Bob, what's the thing that, that you learned or discovered both about you and the city that are somewhat surprising, like unexpected? I am, I am amazed and su really surprised at the amount of acceptance this community has, especially amongst our older seniors that have lived yeah. here with the amount of diversity that we brought into this community. Yeah. We, they've opened their arms just as much as anybody, and I was raised that way. Yeah. I was raised by my father and mother yeah. that that's the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. And I was amazed at the acceptance that the Berwyn community had for what we were trying to do to diversify our community. Yeah. I, just, I just applauded every day. Yeah, yeah, no, there's no doubt. I, that's why the first time we talked, like the thing that's blown me away about, you know, there's a lot of conversation about diversity and inclusion, you know? And there's a lot of people who, it, it occurs to me, I don't have to be right about this, but it occurs like they want to mandate it. And the thing I've learned, because I do this every day in my day job, is you can't force change. You know, you can't make people do things they're unwilling to do. Because what they'll do is they may give you lip service, but the stuff's not gonna stick, you know? But it hasn't been forced in Berwyn. That's what I mean. Yeah. That's what's so beautiful about what's going on here, man. It's, it's this kind of organic way it's evolved. I, I think I think what people see and understand is, especially from the government officials, yeah. when they have open arms, yeah. then people accept that as their way of life. Yeah. And I think that's what happened in Berwyn. Yeah. People accepted it without having to force it down their throats. Yeah. We didn't do that. Yeah. But we showed them that this is the way we should all live, yeah. and they've accepted it. Yeah. So what I'm hearing when you say that is, there has to be a sense of shared values inside the community, right? Regardless of what the identity is. What are some of those here? Berwyn's always been a, at least when I was growing up, a sleepy little community, but it was a neighborhood. Yeah. It was a city of homes. It was family values. Yeah. Those family values have grown into what we see today. Yeah. So we're still a city of homes. We have a lot more commercial maybe than we had, maybe not as much as I had when I was growing up, yeah. but we have a lot more commercial than we've had. Um, but we're still family values and family living. We're still working class people. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I, I'm, I may step on a live one here, okay? Okay. But what I really see is, and this is what's so beautiful, you talk about growing and developing, right? So you talk about fa family values. And, you know, there's a certain community out there that they'll push family values, and you've got kind of like this idea of what it is. But what I love about it here is the family values include the LGBT community, right? That, you know, for some particular people out there. I mean, I heard uh, Mayor Pete talking about family values because Rush Limbaugh was pushing it out of the way. Okay. <laughs> and, and I thought that was kind of funny. And, and, and he goes, you know, I'll just, uh, you know, I'll have that conversation any day. And I think it really gets down to what is family and what is love and what is acceptance because that's at the core of it, right? Family is just not a blood relation. Yeah. Family is your friends. Yeah. Family is your neighbor. Family is one of my best friends yeah. is, in fact, it's his birthday tonight. Yeah. Alderman yeah. Lennon. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday Scott. Lennon. Happy birthday, Scott. When I met, when I met Alderman Lennon, hmm. uh, 
Scott, maybe 20 years ago, 25 years ago, yeah. we became instant friends yeah. simply because we shared the same ideals. Yeah. The same ideals. You take people at face value, you just be a normal person. Yeah. And there's no reason that I have to dictate to him what his lifestyle should be, nor he dictate to me what my lifestyle should right. be. We accept each other for what we are. Exactly. That's beautiful, man. Normal. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I always say that. Yeah. We're just normal. So cool. Yeah, you know, we, we're going to take a break in about a minute for a couple okay. minutes. And uh, when we come back, um, I've got some questions here that people have phoned in. We'll talk about some of them are hilarious. Um, some are even, yeah, some are hilarious. And so we'll get into those. Okay. And then um, later on, what we'll do is we'll invite people out, out in the, the crowd. If they want to have a conversation or, you know, have any input, to feel free. Okay. So. <laughs> Hey, we're back, and uh, this is Mike Shirk, this is in, Into the Gap, and we've got a special guest, Mayor Robert Lavero, and his beautiful bride, Gail. Thanks for being here. Thank you. We're going to get into these questions that uh, we, we kind of got through prompting people, and, uh, and uh, some of them are funny. So, uh, <laughs> the first one's kind of funny. When did Bobby become Hispanic? He's always <laughs> said he was Italian. I actually <laughs> became Hispanic at birth. <laughs> What, what basically happens is um, my dad was half Hispanic, and I'm a quarter Hispanic. When my dad was in the Marines in the Korean War, yeah. he was discriminated against because he was Hispanic and had a Hispanic surname. Okay. When he came home from the Marines, he determined that his kids weren't going to feel the same uh, discrimination, and he took his mother's maiden name, which okay. is Lavero. Yeah. Uh, never really knew my Hispanic grandfather except for brief moments. Yeah. Uh, he wasn't around. When I discovered early on in grade school, about sixth grade, I saw my dad's Marine plaque, mm -hmm. and the last name was Perez. And I said, Dad, who's Thomas Perez? Yeah. I said, that's me. And he explained to me why he did yeah. what he did. Um, so I've always been a quarter Hispanic. Um, to me, I'm a Berwinite and I'm an American first, yeah. but I do have an Hispanic and Italian heritage. That's awesome. Yeah, awesome. Thank you. The next question, if you could go back and do it all over again, what would you do differently, if anything? Uh, maybe move to Jamaica? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, truthfully, Mike, it's a hard question because I'm, I'm really satisfied with how my life's turned out. Yeah. Um, I had some rough going ons in, in my first career moves and stuff. Yeah. Um, but having Gail by my side has really solidified my life, my beautiful children. Yeah. So there's not much that I would want to change with my life. You know, Bob, I, I so am aligned with you on that. It's, um, I've done some really dumb things, you know? We all have. And, and, but in doing some of those dumb things, that step was required to get to the next one, you know? And I'm, I have a pretty charmed and blessed life right now. And there were times it was less than that, you know? Mm -hmm. But to get, you know, on every journey, there's, there's some tough spots, you know? What's really dumb is if you don't learn from your mistakes. Well, exactly. Once you learn from them, yeah. then it's... I had to do some of them a couple of times because I'm a really slow learner, but, <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it, it really is. It, it's, it's, and I think, that's, I think that's one of the gifts of getting to be our age is you get the gift of perspective. And you can see those things that when you're younger that occur as really difficult and challenging are so necessary to get to where 
you know, we've been blessed to have gotten right. to. So thanks so much for that. This is my favorite question so far. And uh, Gail, this one will actually be for you. Uh, do you and Gail ever disagree with the way the city is run? <laughs> typically, no, because I... <laughs> Typically, no, because um, everything he's always done for me or my yeah. children is, I followed his lead and he's never steered me wrong or on a bad path. However, <laughs> when, um, just because this is who he is, um, you know, there's a lot of things in the city with... Um, you know, infrastructures, et cetera. Yeah. And we have to be put last on the list. Yeah. And so it just, it's just the way that he likes things to be. Yeah. Because we don't want to say, oh, well, you know, it's them, and oh, they get their, you know, street paved first or whatever. Yeah. But I did almost lose his last election, though. But, <laughs> you know, because it was our alley, and I wanted it paved, and I was, why is it paved? Where's Schiller? Is he here? Why is it paved? No, Schiller wasn't here then. Oh, no, okay. he wasn't I was here. an alderman, oh, okay. and we had potholes in our alley. Yeah. Yeah. She went up and down the block, so much so that the whole block was going to... Not ever vote for me ever again because I couldn't get the potholes filled in my alley. In the alley. You guys did that cool thing in the alleys with the concrete with the permeable pave in the middle for the water. Yeah, man. I used to do all that stuff. We did that that's, through... That's, uh, that's how I met Schiller. Where is yeah. he? Bob's here. Did he go? Yeah. We did that through, uh, actually, uh, Nicole Campbell, our engineer, and Bob Schiller were very instrumental yeah. in obtaining MWRD grants to do the, uh, the, those types of alleys. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's very cool. It's... Yeah. it's um, it's a really cost-effective way for what you get. Correct. You know. So yeah, that's really cool. So again, that's another thing that would have never been done in Berwyn back in the '60s or '70s. You know, is I mean that's outside the box thinking. Then. You know? Well, the whole the whole trick of being successful yeah. is surrounding yourself with people that know what they're doing. Yeah. And I have good staff that know what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. No. And. I, I know Mr. Schiller, we, we worked together before he came here, yeah. and uh, he's okay. <laughs> no, he's a pretty confident guy. Uh, again, another question for Gail. Oh. Uh, have you ever had to deal with any strife being the mayor's wife? <laughs> well, <laughs> yes, but it comes with the territory. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it does, and it's just how you handle it. So I, I was raised in a political family, and so my mother yeah. was you know, a homemaker back, way back when, and yeah. she just kind of told, taught me how to react, and so it just, I just kept it going. She did the same with our kids, too. And yeah. then I just kind of taught the girls, you know, you're gonna get people who say nasty things, you're gonna get people who talk bad about your father, and you just have to just nod your head and say, you know, have a good day. Yeah, you know, there's a, there's a great book called Anti-Fragile. It's like one of my Bibles, right? And the, the, the premise of the book, it, it, it's kind of like that that doesn't kill you makes you stronger, but it's really every time there's a stress or every time there's a breakdown or every time there's a challenge, the, the opportunity is to grow and learn from that. And then you come out the other end better. And that's the, the phrase anti-fragile because there's no opposite of fragile. You know, it would be rigid, and that's not good either. Right. Know? I mean, I just, I, I just don't think that the, the, the general public or people who aren't in a political arena, yeah. I just don't think that they, they know the, the nasty or the, the things that are said to us. And yeah. we're people, you know, and we try our best, and we try to do what's right. 
Um, and it, it might not always be the right thing. Yeah. But we try, but we're humans, and you can't, you know. Yeah. Can't. You know, when when you bring that up, I I, I know it was, I was oh I was talking with Alicia, and um, one of the one of the problems I see is when people. So you're public figures and you're leaders, so you're up in the front, and you know, for the most part, you're pushing up against things. That's just the nature of leadership, right? We talked about this when you were on the show. Mm -hmm. Which is, you know, there, there's a, a certain element of, of courage and tenacity it takes just to do that. But one of the things I see, and it's, it's kind of happened in the political discourse of the world today on both sides, there's not one that's doing it right and one that's doing it wrong, is we're really quick to label people and to point to their flaws or to call them a name or to identify a, a behavior that doesn't work. And oftentimes, there's reason for it, you know? But the thing that I'm very, very cautious of, whenever we assign a label or a name to someone, it becomes really easy to dehumanize that person. And when we get in the practice of dehumanizing other human beings, it can get really dangerous, you know? I mean, that's how some pretty horrific things happen. I've had a lot of labels attached to my name. Oh, I know. Yeah. A lot of labels. And a lot of threats. Most of the time, <laughs> as you said before, yeah. when you sit down and actually talk to people yeah. and they get to know who you are, yeah. those labels disappear. Yeah. So we do have to be transparent with respect to who we are yep. in order for people to, and again, as Gail said, we're not always right. I, no. <laughs> all our decisions aren't always 100% correct, but you sometimes have a choice between bad and worse. Yeah. So that's the difficult part. Yeah, and, and I think it's, it's I, th I think, Bob, it's more than even being right. I think it's like, what are you committed to? And what are you going to do to try to make that? And sometimes it's two bad decisions, right? Right. And you got to do the least bad or the, the one that does the least harm sometimes when you're really in that leadership position. I don't think people get that. I mean, know? it's tough. A, a lot of the people that work for the city of Berwyn, yeah. I grew up with. I'm older than them, but I grew yeah. up with them. They were kids in the neighborhood. We knew them. Yeah. But there are times when you have to make a decision that it could be a disciplinary matter with respect to that very same kid that you played baseball with. Yeah. Unfortunately, you have to do it. Yeah. And you hope people respect the position you're in that you have to do that. Yeah. It doesn't always work that way, but uh, you, you try to make people yeah. understand. Well, that's what leadership's about. And, right. and, you know, that's the other thing. I think leadership is way more art than anything else. There's not a right way to do it. There's 300,000 books written on leadership. You know, we, and Javi and I actually discussed this. I, I learned my sense of leadership, at least, yeah. um, from being elected vice president of my grade school, um, from debate classes, from being an Eagle Scout in the Scouts. Oh, yeah. Scouting, I was the senior patrol leader. Okay. You learn your sense of leadership, but yeah. you have to learn that you're not a dictator. Yeah. You have to have people that want to follow you because of your example. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Yeah. This next question is kind of like this. It's kind of on the same thing. It's like, what's been the toughest decisions you've had to make either as an alderman or the mayor? Probably the toughest decision I had to make as mayor is when I first got in. Um, I saw that the financial situation in the city of Berwyn was a lot worse than it was being shown prior to us getting in. Okay. Um, in which case I was kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. Yeah. And I had to raise taxes by 15%. Oh, that's popular. Ever since then, we've People not love done that. that but <laughs> in, order to, in order to get our finances in order, in order to start taking care of the pensions that were neglected for so long, mm -hmm. 
these are things I had to do. Yeah. That was a tough decision. Are you, when you say taxes, is the property taxes. Property sure. taxes, yeah. correct. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a tough call. And how are you guys sitting now? We're sitting very nice. We have about a $12 million reserve. Do you really? Never had a reserve before. That's awesome. Yes. Cool. Congratulations. Good job, man. It's not just me. It's my finance no, people. I understand. People around me. Yeah. But you're the leader of it, so you know you want to, like you're going to accept the Super Bowl. It's the owner that accepts the Super Bowl. So, yeah, yeah, but no, I get you got to have credit where credit's due. Absolutely. Too. I get it. Yeah. So thanks, everyone out there that was part of it. Right? <laughs> so um, here's the next question, Ed. Do you have any aspirations to do anything in public service after your mayor? No. <laughs> Go to Jamaica. This is a Jamaica trip, right? I have been offered to run for state rep. I've been offered to become a judge. I've been offered a lot of different things. Yeah. I'm happy with what I'm doing. Yeah. I love what I'm doing. Yeah. I love my community. I want it. You can, you can do more when you're on this level than at a higher level. Yeah. My goal is to eventually go back to my law office and retire with my wife. Yeah. We're never going to retire because we can't sit around and do nothing. Yeah. But we travel. Awesome. So that, that's our relief. So we're going to retire now for a break. Okay. <laughs> and then we'll be back. We've still got a bunch more questions. Yeah, thank you. Hey, welcome back. This is Mike Shirk. This is so, this is so weird, right? Like, I, I can't do performance. Like, I could never be an actor, you know? It is easier when you're at the studio. Oh, yeah, because I'm in a cage. The yeah, nobody's really there. And small, these yeah. people are out there watching us and judging and assessing. Oh, that guy said something stupid, you know? <laughs> so all I got when I'm in the studio, the Andy and Andrew, they're, they're the only ones who judge us there. So, um, so yeah, welcome back. Uh, this is Mike. This is Into the Gap. Uh, I want to mention, uh, I've got a partner on the show, uh, Jason Hill. Yes. This is Jason. This is Jason. He's a professor at uh, DePaul, and he's a brilliant guy, and he wrote this great book, An Immigrant's Letter to the American People. And he, I really want him to be here because when we, we're, you know, we're talking about diversity and inclusion in this, uh, Jason's an immigrant, he's also a gay man, he's an intellectual, he's a professor, and he's a complete badass, and I love the guy. And uh, from Jamaica. Huh? And from Jamaica. And he's from Jamaica, exactly. So he's a, he's a really good guy, but he's got a cold, and he's uh, he's not man enough. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> so he didn't want to get anybody else sick. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, I'm sure he thinks it's a coronavirus, so he hasn't been out of the north side of Chicago, you know. Um, but yeah, he's 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 uh, not feeling good. So yeah, I'm happy you guys are here. Thank you. We're happy to be here. Yeah, thank you. It's we been, enjoyed it the first it's time. It's always fun with you. You're not wearing your hockey jersey this time, though. No, I figured. <laughs> well, I had to, I had to go to Morton earlier today. Oh, did you? To talk to the civics classes. They yeah. wanted had to meet an elected official, so I figured I don't normally dress up. I'd better wear a sport coat. There you go. So, yeah. yeah. They're teaching civics again, huh? I, I guess it's a state mandate that they have to have civics classes now, and part of the curriculum is that they have to uh, meet with an elected official. Oh, so I awesome. went and took questions from the students at Morton West. Very intelligent questions. Do, do the students realize that we actually live in a democratic republic and not a democracy? Do they understand that? I believe they do. That's awesome. More so than we realize. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah. No, there's, there's a whole group of people out there that actually think this is a democracy structurally, and it's actually not. I mean, there's a lot of democracy happens, mm -hmm. right? And everyone gets a voice. That's like in the First Amendment, but it's actually a republic. Right. You know, so, yeah, so it's cool. I, I got a couple more questions on this page, and then we'll we'll do some other stuff. Um, yeah, that was the aspiration thing. You're not gonna, you're gonna go to go to Jamaica, right? That was the last thing. Yeah. Well, we, I think we're 
Mexico next. Yeah. 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 What part? We go to Riviera Maya. Cancun. Oh, okay. That's on yeah. Cancun. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. That's all. You ever go to Cabo? We just, yeah. We, we just need to decompress sometimes. Yeah. So, no, I know. And, and we just need to hide. And I get my <laughs> fishing trips in in Canada, too. Yeah? I was. Oh, dude. So, I got a buddy of mine, and we were supposed to go on a fishing trip last summer, and I didn't hear from him, right? And uh, I kept calling him and calling him. I didn't know what was going on. I found out Sunday the guy passed away. Oh. Um. Yeah. He's been hounding me for 15 years to go to Canada with him. And I finally said, yeah, we'll go next summer. And he died right before we were supposed to go. And it's, you know, and it, it, it was like, it was so like, whoa, dude, how can that happen? Yeah. And it really made me realize that life is just so precious. Like, don't put stuff off. And believe much. it or not, yeah. my dad died in Canada in a fishing boat. Really? Yep. Mm -hmm. wow. You know, massive heart attack, died in a boat. But my good friend, Tony Loretto, who's uh, the Secretary of Police and Fire Commissioner, he's my emergency management. Yeah. He's convinced me way back when to go to Canada. We go every year. Do you? And we have a... What do you fish? Northern? Uh, it depends on the camp we go to. Yeah. But um, mostly northern and walleye. Yeah, walleye? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've got an office in Oshkosh, Michigan. Uh, Oshkosh, Wisconsin. And it's Lake Winnebago there, right? Yeah. It's like the best walleye lake in the world. Cute. It's awesome. Wisconsin's best. So... Well, cool. Enough about fishing. Nobody, nobody wants to. <laughs> yeah. um, which, uh, which development in? Uh, oh, yeah. Which development in Berwyn thus far has been your proudest? Actually, two. Um, I like the way Roosevelt Road developed. I actually thought that the depot district was going to develop a lot quicker. Yeah. Uh, but when Culver's opened. Uh, that was a risk that that gentleman took to open the Culver's, and that led to the development here in Roosevelt Road. Okay, yeah. I'm actually most proud, though, of the Gateway Project that's on Harlem and Cermak. Yeah. Uh, obviously, that was my ward when I was an alderman, yeah. and we, there was a lot of effort going on at that time for the city to accumulate property so we can get a developer in, and it, it, it materialized. I, I, yeah. I just have to add in there, though, and I also think I said I wasn't going to vote for him <laughs> unless he did something with the plaza. If I recall, oh, I said, I'm yeah. not going to vote for you unless one of your campaign promises, which he never makes promises, yeah. unless you do something with that plaza. So he Zermic kept his plaza. word. Plaza yep. was terrific. They, they did yeah. a great job. They there. did yeah. a great job. Yeah. Yeah. What happened to the spindle? The spindle actually, uh, John Fay, when he had the Route 66 Museum, had the top two or three cars. Oh, yeah? The spindle got demolished overnight before I got in office, so yeah. I didn't do that. Uh, got demolished overnight. Why? They just. Uh, I guess you'd have to ask the guy who ordered it to be done. Wow, who was that? It was that, that previous not, mayor? I won't mention it. Was it, previ was it a mayor or something? It was previous to me. Yes. Okay, good. But we don't. Have, I'm like, that's like such a Berwyn thing, you know? There is a lot of memorabilia yeah. out there regarding the spindle. I understand Flapjacks is selling T-shirts with the spindle on it. Yeah. So there's a lot of memorabilia. memorabilia. Yeah. Uh, a, a rough part of it was the artist who actually did that mm -hmm. passed away. So the rights uh, passed to his wife. She okay. did allow us to use them on a vehicle tag one year, yeah. but she controls those rights, and obviously it's difficult to do oh, certain so it things. Oh, so it got into a legal right. thing. Okay, right. that makes sense then. Yeah, right. I, I didn't know. It, and it was kind of quirky and weird, but it was also so unique. And, it was kind you know, of you know, yeah. and, and that's, like to me, like I wasn't living here when it went up, and it was like, to me, that is like just so burrowing. It's just, you know, there's something kind of quirky, weird, funky, edgy, Cool about it, you know. Different. Yeah, totally different. different. 
Um, yeah, do you have a dream development for the city that hasn't been developed yet? I'd really like to see the depot district come to life. Yeah. Um, we're still, we're pretty close to doing our pedestrian um, walkways as we did here on Roosevelt Road. Mm -hmm. So we're pretty close to getting the last of the finances down pat yeah. to get that done. Um, again, Bob Schiller and Nicole Campbell have been instrumental in trying to get that accomplished. Yeah. Um, and we're hoping that that brings a lot of life to the depot district. Yeah. As you know, there's not much uh, vehicular traffic or pedestrian traffic there, but there's no reason why it can't be. Yeah. So that's yeah. what we're hoping. Yeah. Yeah, I could, I could see that being like a really cool place with live music and yeah. you know, kind of yeah. have a Nashville vibe to it. Sure. You know? That would be very cool. It could kind of be like Broadway, except with a train going through it. Well, it's become actually very uh, decorative now with the art yeah, murals that have yeah. gone up and down the street. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's a nice addition to that area. Yeah. Yeah. I work right around the corner from there. Yeah. You know? So yeah. yeah. No, very cool. Here's one. How do your kids feel about you being mayor? I'll let my wife answer that. <laughs> <laughs> well, after the first, I think it was after the second election, um, when we were going through all the governor issues. My girls were hell bent on him like running for governor. The governor who just got released? Previous. No, oh, previous. previous. Previous governor. Okay. And they were and they were picking out the wallpaper for the big white house and everything. I said, "Girls, daddy, daddy, stay right here." But um, they they were great. I just did. I just mirrored what what I was raised, what yeah. my mom had taught me and what my dad had taught me, and I just gave them the same advice and. Um, they got drilled from people, just, you know. Like, Tell them about the free gifts. Oh, yeah. So, the, <laughs> so this, was, this was the night he won the first election. And uh, the girls were like, oh, my gosh, Mom. And I said, okay, here's the deal. I said, um, so tomorrow's going to be a different day for you. It's going to be a new life for you. I said, and I need you to be ready for this. Um, and I'm Russian Orthodox. I don't know if, anybody, if everybody knows that. But we do everything in threes, and we do it long. Um, and I said, girls, I said, people are going to want to give you things. They're going to want to just, just, and you just say, simply say, you know, no, thank you. Oh, thank, no, thank you. And you just say it three times. I said, yeah. just be polite. Just say, th so the next morning we wake up and at the time Berwyn Fruit Market was in the plaza. And so we parked the car and we're walking up and two of our friends are coming out. And for some reason they had bags of candy. And there it was. They're like, oh, girls, oh, my gosh. And they started handing the candy. And the girls are like, no, 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 no. It's, it's OK. It's OK. So they finally took it because they kept putting it. They put it in the car. Mm -hmm. We get into the store, and they're very quiet. So I'm, I turn around, and I look, and, and, and they look like they got hit by a deer, like a deer in headlights. And I just say, girls, are you, are you OK? They're like, mom, we can't believe it. It was less than 24 hours, and yeah. everything that I was trying to tell them and trying to explain to them, the first thing happened. So, you know, after that, they kind of believed everything I said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's but cool. they were really good. They, they uh, <coughs> took turns going to events. They never complained about anything. Long hours with him. He's always at meetings. But yeah. we fill our time. We filled our time well. But, yeah. but when, he come, when he came in, that was the other rule that we had, is that, um, well, he comes in the basement back door. Um, and I had a, a, a carpet there. And he was to wipe his feet three times. Um, and when he entered, and is when this he, an obsession or a religious it's just, thing? It's yeah. a religious thing. It's a religious thing. thing. It's a religious thing. Um, but he had to wipe his feet three times, and when he entered the door, that was it. There's no politics. It's your family. Yeah. And so he was really true to his word on that. That's awesome. Um, and and uh, as phone 
progress with the cell phones and stuff that kind of, and the girls got older it kind of went to the wayside I'm gonna start that again yeah. Yeah. but um but it was he was he was very true to his word and everything he said to me and you know what my girls really enjoyed my son too they really enjoyed the events where they can for example when we used to do uh, Christmas with sailors yeah they used to oh, come gosh. with me because they enjoyed sitting there and talking to the young folks who were going to be going to fight for our country. We yeah. played games um, with them. Yeah, I mean, so they enjoyed that kind of stuff. Cool. So Yeah, that's awesome. They were all in scouts, so they understood the, mm -hmm. yeah, and Tommy, so they understood, you know, all about that and, you know, giving back and so. Excellent. They're still doing it, so they're great. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, the last question is an interesting one. With the recent allegation development in, in, in Illinois, Chicago and Cook County government, how does this affect Berwyn, and what's your take on all of it? It doesn't affect Berwyn in, in any stretch of the imagination. Uh, however, what it does affect is people's perception yeah. of politics. Yeah. And it's a, bad, it's a right perception, Mm -hmm. but it's bad for those of us that are in political positions. Yeah. Um, I'm amazed at the amount of greed that went on in some of these areas, yeah. and um, I'm disappointed, yeah. very disappointed. It doesn't change my perspective on the Berwyn community or what we need to accomplish for the Berwyn community, and I hope it doesn't change our residents' perspective on the political community in Berwyn. Yeah. Yeah, I think what we want to come back is actually talk about that and talk about the, the, the kind of the disbelief and the distrust that exists out there and what you've done to, to, to bring that up. So, but we're going to have to take a break. Sure. And uh, yeah, we'll come back and we'll talk about that. Okay. okay. Thanks. Cool. Welcome back. This is uh, Mike Sherrick. This is Into the Gap. We're on WCGO 1590 AM and 95 FM. Yeah. Uh, the show airs every Saturday from 9 AM until 10 AM. And uh, in, we're in the, this luscious studios in Evanston, Illinois. So if you ever want to come by, feel free. Um, yeah, we were talking a little bit before we left about um, this thing that went on in Cook County. And mm -hmm. what's hilarious, I smoke in a cigar lounge. So I am on a million FBI tapes. I've never been there. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, you know, you brought up a good point. Like, it, the impact it has, it actually impacts the trust of people in politics and the political leaders and, and that. You know? Yes. Um, and, and I think what can happen is the guys that are, that are doing it right still fall inside the umbrella of... Oh, he's this or he's that. Mm -hmm. What do you have to say about that? Well, we just had a West Central Municipal Conference uh, legislative breakfast about yeah. two weekends ago. And it was kind of um, a little tension-filled room mm -hmm. because some of the people there have been named. Uh, some of the people that weren't there have already been named. Yeah. Um, and it was almost tension-filled. But, Mike, what we've done, and, and I'd like to introduce some of my team that's here sure. uh, and have them come up. We have Alderman Tony Nowak from the 8th Ward, Alderman yeah. Lisa Ruiz from the 6th Ward, and Alderman Scott Leonard from the 1st Ward. Um, 
We have kind of discussed this at length yeah. amongst ourselves yeah. and what we can do to um, preserve the trust that people have had in us, the elected officials here in Berwyn, because of what's happening around us. Yeah. Um, if anybody wishes to address that, welcome. Well, what were you addressing? Well, we're talking about the, 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 the <laughs> state the, the of Illinois, but more Cook County. County of all the corruption cases that are coming about. It's very disappointing, like you touched on. It's uh, a lot of these leaders, uh, our community had so much faith in, and uh, greed took over, uh, uh, you know, why, why they got into uh, yeah. politics as it is uh, to begin with. You know, it's, it's unfortunate. Yeah. You know, the whole purpose, as Tony just said, the whole purpose of getting involved in politics is to help people. Yeah, it's not just to be of service. Not to help yourself. Yeah. Um, these guys get paid little or nothing yeah. for the amount of time they spend. Um, I get paid more money, but not in the sums of money that a lot of elected officials get. Yeah. But we didn't do it for the dollars. We did it because we have faith in our community. We love our community. We love what's going on. And for people to take that trust that people had in them, for elected officials to take that trust that people had in them and turn it around to their own personal benefit, that's not my game. Yeah. None of these people's game either. No. Not at all. Cool. Hey, listen, we wanted to uh, open it up. Anybody out there who's got a question for, for Bob or for any of the people up here, feel free to come on up. And then, uh, come on, don't be shy. Anybody's got a question, come on. We heard there are some. Javi, go roust them. <laughs> so, I heard a question earlier. Go on, Javi. I'm going to actually give one of my own questions. Uh -oh. What do you think you can do more for high school extracurricular organizations, such as an organization that I was involved with here in Berwyn in high school, like the JSA? I know you guys have been big advocates for the organization, especially this last year, the donation you gave to the club. But other than JSA, there's other programs that can be used to develop our town's youth, whether it be at the middle school, high school, or even elementary level. What do you think there's some things that the, uh, the township can do to help out? And believe it or not, that exact question was asked of me at Morton West High School earlier today as to how we can get the high school students more involved, not in the politics as far as defining what political side you're on, but how can you get involved as a community uh, in, in the political arena. Um, obviously, the way that we decided to do it when we first formed our organization was to donate back to the community. So majority of funds that we raise, they're only used for either donating to organizations throughout the community or elections. Um, so I've never been ashamed of raising the amount of money that we've raised because we give a lot of it back. That was the philosophy that our organization was formed on. And my good friend Nora Loretto had come up with that philosophy and we all bought into it and we do still to this day. What can we do as far as programming? I have worked with the JSAs. In fact, uh, uh, Alderman Ruiz and Claudia Ayala have been very close liaisons for me with the JSAs, and they're a great group of kids. They're, and I, I keep on saying kids, they're young adults. They're a great group of young adults. And what I expressed today was get involved in becoming poll watchers. Get involved in becoming interns. We hire interns or we use interns at City Hall every summer so that kids can learn what's going on in government. Um, 
Short of that, I'm open for suggestions. I really am as far as how we can get more people involved. I know Alderman Ruiz has uh, her heart on her sleeve with regards to Latinas. Why don't you tell her what you're doing there? So I, first I want to applaud my mayor because he has always been open to suggestions on how we can integrate the community more and get them more involved. So I want to thank him for allowing me that opportunity to have an open-ended discussion with JSAs with the junior high school. I actually just met with Lincoln Middle School, um, their junior um, NHS, and their student council to talk about what they feel that we could be, that I could be doing better as their alderman, but also how could the city be doing better in providing resources and opportunities for them to expand on their creative minds in art, in music, in sports. And then what kind of resources could we bring to them so that they would feel like they have the opportunity to just spread their wings? So it started with JSA. The mayor and myself have spoke at their events. We've been keynote speakers, and we really appreciate that. And, and we love being able to bridge those relationships. And I want to expand that more into the community uh, when it comes to the junior high schoolers. We really need to get our high schoolers and our junior high schoolers more involved, and not from a political perspective, but just being a community person, being a community resident, how do you become part of the solution to making your community better? That's the message that I am um, sending out to everywhere. And again, I want to thank my mayor for giving me that, that freedom to be able to do that. I'm very proud of it, and I'm looking forward to, to the opportunities of being able to expand on that. One of the greatest programs we have is the Explorer program. Uh, it's underneath the police department, but we have uh, young kids from the junior high school, uh, and they've started uh, actually earlier age with the Explorer program. It gets them involved in the community, more on the, on the, on the law enforcement angle. Mm -hmm. uh, there are Explorers with other types of career paths, but ours is concentrated in the law enforcement. It's a great program. We have kids galore in that program. Mm -hmm. It keeps kids off the street, gives them something to do with their lives. It gives them something to be involved in that they can be proud of. Yeah. So I'm really happy with our Explorer program. Cool, excellent. Does anybody else want to come up and ask any questions? I'm gonna, there's one here, I didn't know about this. This young lady's coming oh, up. Come on up. Hi, welcome. Um, so, you know, passages from your book uh -huh. about Berwyn have been going around that uh, have been pretty disturbing. And, uh -huh. so one, and so I want to ask the mayor how he feels about some of these things that you say. So, um, let's see, there, uh, in one passage you say, there was always a white person who recently moved to town, Berwyn, from the city, who had a story about falling real estate prices, decaying schools, and the destruction of their neighborhood due to the influx of black people. I guess the media was not much different than today. Whether this fear was real or justified, it does not matter. It was the experience people had. Mm -hmm. Which is incredibly racist. But uh, so I'd like to know, there, there's a growing population right now. Um, African Americans take up about 6% of Berwyn. Um, as part of BCA, I've met with you about ra racial profiling concerns not just about data, but about actual folks, residents who have reached out and said, I've been racially profiled by police in Berwyn. I know the latest report completely ignored uh, personal statements from re residents and didn't seek 
statements from residents, but I, I want to know, as the population of black folks is growing, what is Berwyn doing to combat all the racism we see online in these Berwyn Facebook groups, uh, to combat the racial profiling experiences that people had? What exactly is Berwyn doing to combat that and to make African Americans feel welcome here? Well, I can, I can discount the statement that you read with respect to decreasing property values, because obviously I don't believe in that. It's not true, because Berwyn's property values are actually going up. Um, and they're going up with the influx of African Americans and other ethnic diversity that we have in our community. Our values are going up. So to me, that statement does not fit in our community in this day and age. It does not fit. Um, as far as racial profiling, um, I know you didn't believe in the uh, results of the commission that they discovered. Um, and what you did say is that they didn't talk to actual citizens the organization that accused the police department of racial profiling never brought those, those residents forward. So it's very difficult to talk to residents if they won't come forward to explain the situations that we're involved in. I don't tolerate racial profiling. I've grown up with the situation as I explained with my father. Yep. I don't tolerate it. It will not exist in my community as long as I am mayor. Thanks, Robert. So what we're gonna do, we're gonna end this segment now. Uh, thank you for that question. Um, we're going to come back and uh, we're going to do it all over again. And so this is the end of this show. And uh, this is Mike Sherrick and this is Into the Gap and this is WCGL. So thank you. Thank you. Sherrick, this is Into the Gap, this is WCGL, and this is part two of our uh, evening with Mr. and Mrs. Lavero here at The Wire in Berwyn. It's beautiful, man. First of all, like this, this wouldn't have been here in 1970, right? A cool place like this that had rock and roll and everything like that? It would have been. Well, I don't know even what was here before. Before Fitzgerald's was here, it was called the Deer Lodge. I know, I used to go they there. They did do some of that, but not to the extent that Fitzgerald's has done it. Oh, I know. Yeah. Fitzgerald's is just a phenomenon, yeah. what it's been. Right. So, Yeah. We're gonna talk about the elephant in the room, okay? Okay. So, uh, I wanna create a little context for it. So there's been some talk about, um, the, the last person came up and read a passage of the book, which I wrote, and uh, she said it was incredibly racist, which if it is, I have to wear that. It wasn't intended to be, but I, th that doesn't matter. So, um, I, I wanna talk a little bit about the book and about some of the stuff that's happened the last couple of days. Um, I'm really, I'm actually thankful for it because it's bringing to light a conversation that we normally don't have in the open, you know? So as uncomfortable as it is and as charged as it is, it, it really speaks to a tremendous amount of courage on all parts to actually engage in this conversation and to look. And I had a conversation with, one, with a, a woman who actually kind of started the thing and um, it was, it was really a gift to be able to, to, to listen to her and hear what she had to say. I'm not sure I agree with everything. It doesn't matter if I agree with it, I heard it. You know, and, and the way my process works, I'll be taken in and looking and there's probably gonna be some, some learning and development that comes. Um, the, the point I wanted to make, 
so I want to I share two things. I want to share the context in which the book was written and the idea behind the book. And I also want to share the danger, what I perceive as a danger, of kind of some of the background conversation that goes on with this stuff. So the first thing, the, the way the book was written, there were four of us guys from Berwyn, all from Morton West, and the other three guys are ridiculously successful. Self-made guys. Uh, one guy is a C-level executive at Northwestern Hospital and the whole Northwestern mm -hmm. medicine thing. Uh, another guy is a, a global consultant in the world of metallurgy and mining and things like that. And, and I mean, the guy's a big brain. Went to, went to Morton West, you know? And then the third guy is a serial entrepreneur and literally closed on his business today for well into eight figures. And, and I get money and titles and things like that aren't the only measures of success and leadership, but I've known these guys my whole life and these guys are like the, the true deal. You know, they're, they're really good dudes and um, they, 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 do every, they do everything full bore. And I, I'm proud to have them to be some of my closest friends and I, and I love these guys. Anyway, we were talking one night and we were looking at what made each of us successful to the level that we were, right? And unexpectedly, at the bottom of it was being from Berwyn. Those, those core values that you get from Berwyn of being persistent and standing for what you believe in and going for it and learning and not stopping when you fail and facing the bully and going after the thing that doesn't seem attainable, but going for it because it's like in you to, to do it, right? That passion that drove us. And I started thinking about the real gift Berwyn was. And that was the idea behind the book. Some of the, there, there are some passages in there that are very raw. They're intended to be. They're intended to depict the way life was in 1960 and 1970 and the lessons that were learned then. It's not an excuse, it's not a, you should do it this way, it's just a snapshot back in time, that's the way it was, no BS about it, right? Because otherwise it wouldn't really land, you know? And it doesn't mean it was right. And the real intention is to take those lessons that were learned then, and to notice the journey we've gone from, from 1975 to today, or 1965 to today, and notice the ground taken, and then also notice what's possible in the future. You know, And that's really the idea behind the book. And it's not to justify anything. That's really the idea behind it. And if people get offended by it, I have no control how people hear what I say. All I can do is be as real as I can be, as authentic as I can be, to communicate that. So that, that's the, the thing behind it. Well, this radio show and my appearance here has nothing to do with the justification right. exactly. of the book. None. My appearance here is to show how Berwyn has changed mm -hmm. from what I grew up in in Berwyn in the early 60s yeah. also. Yeah. It's a complete change. Yeah. Um, I don't endorse the things that happened back in the 60s or 70s. Yeah. That's why I'm here. Yeah. To point out the fact that those beliefs of many people that went through this community back in that time is gone. Well, Bob, I think that's the whole thing, is, is you are a walking demonstration of even if you're a product of that, you can become this. I wasn't raised that way. No, no. no. That we all have the ability to change and to, to grow and develop. And the concern, I said there was a fear I have, right? And the fear I have with this conversation that goes on is we've ceased to listen. We, we've gotten very positional on both sides, like 
This person's a snowflake, and this person's a racist, and all that happens, and we just aren't listening. And the problem isn't just the not listening. The problem is when we assign labels to people, we begin to dehumanize them. And when you dehumanize someone, it becomes very easy to then strip them of their humanity. And when you do that, you're right on the edge of a totalitarian government, which I know this is not what this is about. You know, growing up in Berwyn, especially as a youngster, I personally felt some of that myself, some of the discrimination because Italians were looked on uh, as lesser than other people. Mm -hmm. Uh, We overcome that. Um, What really struck me, what really hit home with me was uh, when I was in college, we used to come home on Sundays to get my mom's Italian cooking, Mm -hmm. okay? I had a friend in my fraternity, he was a Haitian kid, a black kid from Park Forest, Forest. and we'd come home on Sundays, and I lived across the street from the church, and the people coming out of the church would give us dirty looks, and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah, no. That's what really hit in my mind, that this has got to change, because this is my friend, you should have enough respect for the fact that this is my friend, this is my guest. Yeah. This is my neighbor, this is my friend. Yeah. And it, it just hit me as wrong. Yeah. How could people be that? Coming out of church. I know. How I could know. they be that way? Well, hypocr- I never understood it. Hypocrisy and that just really editing. just knocked me in the head. Yeah. You're really good at editing. Yeah. <laughs> my Italian is getting, my, my mannerisms uh, are getting up there. We got to take another break and then we'll be back and okay. we'll get into this more. And hopefully it won't be as uh, significant as this last one. And thank you for everyone for the questions and for raising that. So we'll be back in a bit and then we'll, we'll actually be right back. So thank you. So we're back again. This is Mike Sherrick. This is Into the Gap. This is part two of our evening with Mr. and Mrs. Lavero at The Wire in Berwyn. And it's WCGO, Evanston, Chicago, 1590 AM, whatever. It's up there, right? It's, it's way north of North Avenue. That's what I know. I get north of North Avenue, I get confused. I don't know about you guys. So, well, welcome back. Um, so we've talk, touched about a lot of stuff in, in both these things. Um, I, I got a couple questions I want to ask. I think this young lady's been oh, waiting you got a question? for oh, yeah. a question. Come on up. Yes. Come on up. Hey, welcome. Hi. Hi. My name is Beth Gunzel. Hi, Beth. Thank you for being here. I've lived in Berwyn for six years now. Six years? And I live in the first ward. So okay. um, I actually have talked to you about the book. And yeah. Not that I want to dwell on the book per se. Yeah. But when I read the book... Mm-hmm. Even though you're talking about a time period that has passed, yeah. it reminded me of a lot of the challenges my family has faced in the last six years and my neighbors have faced. So I think when we talk about leadership and we talk about mm-hmm. particularly leadership in a community that's majority people of color, mm-hmm. I think we have to have space for these conversations because they're not about necessarily ideologies or what we learned in college or what political party that we belong to. They are our lived experiences and they affect our quality of life. Absolutely. And I had a question ready, but I think that until that's addressed, that when leadership can 
create the space where our diverse community can talk about their lived experiences, not their ideology or what platform that they want to stand on, but the things that make up their life. Mm -hmm. uh, we can't talk about even the individual questions about what's the city going to do to address this or that or that, this laundry list, yeah. because I keep finding myself hitting the same roadblock as we talk about diversity, but we don't often talk about inclusion. We don't talk about equity. We don't talk about what we do to get people living um, the same dream, um, having the same opportunities, the same privileges. We don't talk about those things. Yeah. So anyway, that was a preface. The, the specific question I had was about our welcoming ordinance. About what? The welcoming ordinance. Okay. So the city of Berwyn is a welcoming city. And as of last July, when tactics were revved up to, um, in our communities concerning ICE raids, uh, the city responded. The White House just um, announced that they're ramping up and they're sending tactical units um, close as Chicago. And my question is, how will the city of Berwyn respond um, to, to this development? First of all, let me say that I agree with your initial preface that conversation does have to occur in order for us to all understand the different perils that different people face. Um, I'm always open for those discussions because I didn't live the same life that you lived. My wife didn't live the same life that I lived. So we all have to share those experiences in order to understand because what we've read about in the 1960s is not necessarily disappeared in this world, not just in the city of Berwyn, but in the world itself. And unfortunately, right now, what we're seeing from the federal government um, is exasperating that. It's making it very difficult for those of us that have these beliefs to enforce those beliefs against the federal government. What can we do is your question. What I can do is, as a, as a city leader, is I can express to um, our federal government, our, our legislative leaders, that we will not follow what is being done, especially with the recent announcement of the raids in the Chicagoland area by ICE, that we will not cooperate, that we will not, and if the federal government decides to sue as they have threatened, so be it. That's a fight I would like to have in the courts. I would like to have that fight in the courts. Short of rhetoric, by a resolution or whatever, the only thing that's going to make a difference is to fight it, is to fight it with everything we have, even if that means using city resources to fight a federal, uh, against a federal lawsuit. Other than that, I don't know what else we can possibly do. I'm not advocating taking up arms. I'm not advocating doing anything like that. I know you're not either, but that's what I see as our recourse right now. What I see as our recourse is to not uh, uh, cooperate, to resist what they're trying to do, and to stand our ground. And if we have to fight it in a federal court, again, is what's being threatened, so be it.
Did I answer your question? Okay, thank you. Uh, there's, there's another question here I wanted to get into. What actions have you taken with the lead in Berwyn's drinking water? Okay, this has been a question that's been out there for quite a while, yeah. and it's, it's like any other topic that comes and scares people and then yeah. disappears. Um, however, what's happening now is the EPA and MWRD are taking certain steps to try and address these fears. Um, our main lines are clean. Okay. Our water is clean. The problem exists in a person's household. You go into the houses, yeah, because you get a lot of houses. Because all our houses were built with lead lines. Yeah, yeah. So we have programs out there to help assist people with changing their lead lines. Yeah. We are going to, in the process of uh, getting an ordinance um, composed, so that we're going to bring forward to the city council, so that we can establish yeah. a. Um, a time period or, or, or a way that we're going to mandate people change their lines um, with respect to how much work they're doing in the house. For example, it's been a policy for quite a while with our, our building department yeah. that rehabbers must change the water lines. Yeah. Naturally, it makes sense because they're putting more fixtures, but also yeah. we get rid of the lead lines. Yeah. But now we're being mandated to identify all the lead lines in town, which is a difficult task. So the departments are working on that right now, yeah. but we're also working on an ordinance. I've got the attorneys working on an ordinance. Our engineers are working on an ordinance so that we can have a method to say you must change at this point. Yeah. I can't tell the homeowner, again, we're a low to middle class neighborhood. I can't tell every homeowner that they have to change their lead line. Yeah. That's near impossible. I was wondering, and this is, I'm just throwing this out there so you can hit me in the head if this is a really dumb idea, but I, I actually had to change my, I, I own a property out in Calvin. It's a really old property. It's hundred some years old. And I had to change the, the water line right. there, you know? So it's expensive, mm -hmm. right? It's, you know, for me, I think it was sixteen, eighteen hundred dollars $1,800, mm -hmm. you know? Um, is there any way the city, the county, any type of, that there could be a, uh, a way to support people Yes, we, either we've in grants or low interest loans or things like that, so they could get it done. We've instituted such a program in yeah. Berwyn quite a while ago. Okay. Uh, Mr. Schiller, myself, Ms. Yeah. Campbell. What we did is we instituted a program that if people are changing their lead lines, yeah. we will number one waive the tap on fee, which is a thousand dollars. Okay. Yeah. We will number two um, waive the inspection fee. Yeah. And number three, we will repair the street if they have to rip up the street which could be very costly if a plumber or the contractor has to do it. Yeah. So we've impl implemented that program. We have also, for people that can't afford to do it, we've put them on a payment plan through the water billing system okay. so that they can finance it at no interest. Yeah. So we have done that. Good, excellent, thank you, thank you, that's cool. I, yeah, I just thought about it, there's gotta be a way. Right. You know? <laughs> and I think what's great about that, that's just, that's showing how government can work for people. Right. So, hey, welcome. Hi. The water that we have is Chicago water, and there's something in the water that binds to the lead so that your body does not absorb the lead. This is what we were told by a plumber. That's above my pay grade. I'd ask, <laughs> I'd ask my, too, but my public works director, Bob Schiller, is right behind you. In the red shirt. He, if he yeah. can answer that question. You need to answer that sure. question. <laughs> <laughs> That's some bad advice. 
what's placed in the water is called an orthophosphate. Uh, an orthophosphate is an agent in the water that bonds to the pipe so that it, it, it provides a separation between the lead in the pipe and the water going through it. Okay. So it's like a sealer, right, Bob? Yes. Okay, cool. Very much so. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it appears it. that what the plumber told you is not 100% correct. Or I, or I misunderstood that there is something that's put up that's yes. bonding. That's why I had yeah. him answer it, though, because... <laughs> Remember, the mayor said he's got a lot of smart people working around him. This, that's, that's a good example of it. Thanks, Bob. And thank you. Yeah, go ahead. If the chemical is binding to the pipe and have a providing a coating so that lead doesn't come from the pipe into the water passing through, then why do you need to change the pipe? I'm not advocating... I want, I want... It's a problem and should be fixed, but... It reduces the exposure, does not eliminate it. Yeah. And you also have exposure from uh, older fixtures inside your house, potential plumbing inside the home. Yeah. So there's more than just that. But the uh, orthophosphates, it reduces the exposure, does not eliminate it. One, one other question uh, about that, though, if, go ahead. if I may. Yes. Is there something that can line the pipe so that fully so that lead doesn't seep from the pipe into the water going through it. The services that are uh, in the community that were installed when these houses were built are undersized to today's standards. If you add a yeah. lining or something in there, you further reduce the size of the line. You're not going to get the appropriate amount of water you need yeah. to function in your daily life. So that the, the best and most inexpensive option is to replace yeah, it. It's yeah. going to reduce the size of your pipe for, for your water coming in your house. Thank you. Thanks, Bob. Yeah, if you, if you start putting sleeves inside of very, how big are those, those mains to the house? Inch and a half? Three quarter? Really? Wow. Yeah. That's not much, man. So cool. So yeah, we're going we're gonna to take a break. And we'll be back. And uh, thanks to everyone. This is Mike Sherrick. This is Into the Gap with uh, Mayor and Mrs. Lavera. Welcome back. Yeah. This is Mike Sherrick. This is Into the Gap. It's Virginia and Claudia in the front here. <laughs> and uh, this, is, uh, this is the second part of our evening with Mr. and Mrs. Lavero. Thank you so much for being here. It's really been, uh, I don't know about you, I've had a, a fun time most of it. <laughs> no, and, and, and it's really interesting. I really enjoy the challenging questions and I enjoy the challenge. It's got to happen. Yes. And in that, I don't know if it's, I may be speaking out of school here, but my experience of you is you're pretty accessible. Yes. You're not a difficult guy to get a hold of. No. You're not the wizard. There's not a curtain. I don't hide. No, no. <laughs> so I, I really invite anybody who has any questions, concerns, ideas, thoughts. Um, like, I didn't even know you two and a half years ago. They were the same age, and we grew up 10 blocks apart from each right, other. You right. know? So um, all I can say, my personal 
perspective of Bob is he's just a completely authentic dude, easy to get a hold of. He'll give it to you straight. He doesn't always agree. That's awesome. And um, he's really accessible. So if you've got any questions, concerns, ideas, thoughts, aspirations for Berwyn, come and uh, go up to the second floor and, and, and talk to Bob. So, If you so, can get past Virginia. You got to get past Virginia. <laughs> She's pretty easy, though. She's really sweet. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so welcome back. So we're, uh, we're through pretty much most of the questions. There were a couple that, were, uh, that I didn't actually say directly because we had dealt with them already. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, welcome. Well, excellent. For the mayor, um, with all of your achievements in Berwyn up to this point, what do you want your legacy to be in Berwyn? You stole my question, dude. That's a good question. You literally stole my question. That's a good but question. thank you. What do you want your legacy to be? Ricardo, all I want, all I want my legacy to be is that I did the best I can do for the city of Berwyn. That's all I want it to be. I don't want my name on a building. I don't want my name on a field. All I want to know is that people thought I did the best I can do for Berwyn. That, that's all I'm here for. It's very easy for me to go back to my law practice and make more money than I'm making now. That, 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 that's not my goal. My goal is I grew up in this community. I wanted to see, I wanted to be something. And I think we're close to it being something terrific, but it could always, always need upgrades and changes. And we need to roll with that. That's awesome. So you don't want to name center field in Genera Park? No. Bobby Levero center field? I play left field in Genera Left field, I'm sorry, my friend. But no. Okay. <laughs> okay. I want that sidewalk named after me in left field on Seafield because <laughs> I knocked it over there a few times. So, so yeah. Um, cool, man. Um, where do you want to go with this now? We got two, one and a half segments left. What do you want people to know? What would you like everyone out there to know about you or about the job of mayor or about Berwyn that they may not know? I think I've kind of stated it briefly um, that, and you've said the job of leader being mayor is, is being a leader. Yeah. But if you don't have people that can work with you, if you don't have people that can express opinions whether they're differing or not, yeah. if you don't have good staff around you, you really amount to nothing. Yeah. Um, for, I'll give you a prime example. Up, up on my top floor, the administrative staff, yeah. I've got Ruth Falbury as my city attorney, as my city administrator. I've got uh, Virginia Pacheco as my administrative secretary. I've got Claudia Ayala as the, as the uh, administrative aide. Yeah. I mean, I, I work with people that bring forward ideas that not are just mine, yeah. but are different. You could see that from my council. Yeah. My council, we all have different ideas. We can argue about it all day long. When the day is done, a decision will be made and we'll stand behind it. Yeah. But if you don't listen, then you'll never learn. Yeah. And I've learned a lot. I'm an old timer, but I've learned a lot. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, <laughs> and if you don't have the support that I have from my wife and my family, yeah. then I might as well chalk it in. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome, Bob. Thank you. Thank you for that. I love the idea of having a group of people around you that have differing ideas mm -hmm. and maybe don't always agree with you. That's correct. I, I, um, 
I used to be a contractor, and uh, my biggest account was the Chicago White Sox, right? And I got to deal with Jerry Reinsdorf, which is, Jerry Reinsdorf, a really nice guy. He's got a guy, though, Howard Pizer, who's not so nice, <laughs> right? And, and what I realized is these guys were a really excellent duel because you can get Jerry to say yes to anything, but H Howard was like, like the critical one, right? Mm -hmm. And he was tough. And they have been incredibly successful in taking basically a baseball franchise that was on the way out and turning it into a very solid major league franchise that doesn't have the media money the Cubs do or anybody, anything like that. Right. And they make money every year and they're competitive most of the time. They're gonna be great this year, but. They're not as good as the Cubs, but okay. They're gonna be better this year, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but, but anyway, I, I just, that's what I think of when I think of like really strong leaders having leaders that, with, that they support and bring them around that, right. that also, you know, will give different ideas and challenge you. You know, it, I've had a lot of schooling, obviously. I'm an attorney. But one of the things that I've learned the most is that you don't know everything. Yeah. And you can't know everything. Yeah. That's why I can't answer a question that Bob Schiller just answered. Right. There's no way for me to know that. Yeah. Um, but when you have people that you can rely on their opinion because you know they're good at what they do, yeah. then I can go with confidence and say, there's the solution. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So I got a, I got a question for you that may be a tough question. And... But it, it, it really is dealing with this, like dealing with opposition, dealing with people who see things differently, right? Mm -hmm. So there's another group in Berwyn called Berwyn United, right? And what would you like to say to them so that they could hear you? I think I've discounted pretty much everything they said about me as far as being corrupt, being a crook, being Mr. Monopoly man with the wheel bags full of money. I think I've <laughs> discounted all that. Um, what, would what, like, said? what would I like? What would I like? Oh yeah, the, oh, man. the political literature is really something. It, it, it's but stuff like that rolls off my back. Yeah, I don't mind that stuff. Um, the person who used to get mad about it was my mother. She used to get oh, aggravated yeah. about yeah. it. But I don't mind the criticisms when I know it's not true. Yeah, it's just that. Yeah. Um, what I'd like to say to them is, look, we're here all for the same purpose. What's yeah. best for Berwyn? Let's work together to try and do what we can. Yeah. Unfortunately, you can't always get that cooperation. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I, I think that's one of the things that I'm both challenged with and happiest about tonight is that there there's clearly different positions, mm -hmm. and it's scary to confront people. It's scary to confront ideas, and it's scary for a couple of reasons. It's scary because a you don't know how the other person is going to react. Mm -hmm. You know, but it's also scary because if you're really committed to something beyond your position, if you're really committed to that thing, you actually may have to look in the mirror and go, maybe I'm not right about this. Maybe, maybe I am, I am missing something, you know, or maybe I'm blind to something, you know, and that takes a tremendous amount of courage. You don't always get it all the time, though. No. You, you do have to sometimes, uh, especially when your stubbornness comes up, that you're, <laughs> you're right. Stubborn? You're stubborn? Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm a Taurus. Yeah. That you're right. Yeah. Um, you do have to sometimes take that step yeah. back and say, you know what? Dummy, listen, because you may not be right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that takes a lot of, uh, my discovery is it takes a lot of self-discovery and really knowing oneself first. Right. So to be able to do that, it, it means... 
it, it, you like got to be able to take a punch, you know? And I'll tell you what, between my wife and Virginia, I get plenty of punches. They keep there me in go. line. Excellent. Excellent. Hey, we got someone else asking a question. Hi. My name is Gerardo. I, uh, your name's what? My name's Gerardo. Gerardo. Hi. Hi. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you for uh, guys taking me and giving me the opportunity to speak. Um, I've been uh, a Bourbon resident, unfortunately, for a relatively short time. Um, I've, my family like moved into Berwyn for a year or, a year or two. Um, back when I was a little bit younger, uh, like just like a lot of work and related different things, it was complicated. But I'd like to take an opportunity to speak on behalf of some of my friends who are Berwyn residents uh, to address uh, a unique topic that you brought up uh, previously on an episode of uh, Mike's regarding uh, the 12 million reserve uh, mm -hmm. in taxpayer dollar use. I'm curious, this is a two part question here, so just bear with me if you could. Um, my first question was, to what extent will there be a situation where that reserve will be touched? Like, what, what are some plans that would be, um, plans would be needed to be addressed that will be used f uh, for that money? And another part would be, is there anything currently going on right now as far as what are concerns for Berwyn residents, what are concerns for the town itself, road, infrastructure, whatever the case may be, that would, um, would require for you to, to look into the reserve and be able to use some of that money? Good question. It's a great question. Because <clears throat> the whole reason a municipality establishes a reserve is not to touch it. The whole purpose of reserve is to be there for a dire emergency. Now. The infrastructure could become such an emergency. We try to allocate so much money per year so that public works can take care of the aging infrastructure in Berwyn. We go out for grant monies, we do all different things, but we have to allocate so many funds a year. If, if unfortunately something drastic happened with our infrastructure, we get water main breaks all the time. Our infrastructure is over 100 years old. And the public works does a great job putting it back together again. But if such a situation came up where we'd have to touch those reserves, that to me would be a dire emergency because we would lose water without this, throughout the whole city. We could lose uh, the ability to get rid of the wastewater. So that could be an emergency that might require us to touch those reserves. That would have to be decided by city council. Okay, thank you. Um, if I could do like a quick uh, follow-up onto that, um, would there be any potential conversation that would take place in the, in the future to consider thinking about like long-term effects, like looking at a situation that might be a problem that's slowly building up to like an emergency, as you say? Yeah, and that's exactly what the departments do. Again, we're going to take the, the question of the infrastructure. That's why we have to allocate so much funds per year so that public works can address those areas little by little uh, as we go along because we know we're gonna experience those problems. So we do have to allocate funds so that they can address that appropriately and for the best dollar that we can do it. Thank you for your time. Okay. Thank you so much, Gerardo. All right, we're gonna take a break and then we'll be right back. And uh, this is Mike Sherrick, this is Insta Gap, this is Mayor and uh, Mrs. Libero, and we'll be right back in a couple of minutes. Welcome back, this is Mike Sherrick, this is Into the Gap, this is WCGO, AM 1590, FM 95.9. 
Evanston, Chicago. So um, this is our last segment, man. I, again, I really want to say thank you to you guys. Oh, um, thank you. It's we been a, it's been a joy. Uh, yeah, it's been it's been uh, fun, and it's been. I didn't know what to expect. I thought it would be. It's actually been more. Uh, like eye-opening for me than I expected, you know. So it's I've learned it's been it's been really good. So thank you, and thanks to all the audience and everyone who participated. It's been it's been cool. So we've got a our alderman friend Alicia. How are you? So I'm actually standing here as a resident. Oh, um, I'm the taking off my alderman hat. The microphone. There you go. I'm taking off my alderman hat and I'm asking a question as a resident. Um, so Mayor, you have been in the town of Berwyn for. We won't count the years, because then we'll have to tell your real age. But <laughs> you have seen a lot of change. Yes. And in a lot of that change, half of that, you've been a leader, either as an alderman or as a mayor. How have you been able, because I can't see myself doing it, but how have you been able to be embracing and accepting to this change? Because obviously your council is very diverse. I hear you have a very strong opinionated Latina. I hear you have a very strong opinionated gay white man. So how do you how do you juggle that? I mean, to me, it's like I don't I don't I don't know if I have the tolerance or the the level to deal with that. How do you deal that from a mayor's perspective and a citywide perspective of fifty thousand something residents? And about twenty five thousand come through my office every day. Look. You're a person, he's a person, I'm a person. I don't look at what your skin color is, I don't look at what your sexual preference is, I don't look at how old you are. I, I, my, my view is you're a Berwyn resident, let's talk about what you, what's bothering you. Um, if I looked outside that scope, then you're going to form an improper judgment and things. So you have to look at it just as the, the statement itself as to what the person is looking to accomplish. I can't look at, I cannot afford to look at any motivation behind it. I can't afford to look at where it's coming from, whether it be a, a person of color, whether it be a person of sexual orientation. I can't afford to look at it like that. It's not that difficult once you close your eyes to that and open your ears. It, it, sometimes, sometimes yes, I've got to admit. Sometimes you, you look and you say, oh yeah, okay, here we go. But once you close your eyes and open your ears, the, the, the statements become a little clearer. And sometimes you have, to, you have to take things with a bullet. You have to say that, look, I don't believe we should do that, but it might be for the betterment of everybody that we do do it. And that's what the council always has to decide. Council always has to decide what's good for everybody. Not what's just good for one ward or one person, what's good for everybody. The better, the better, the greater whole is what we have to decide. That's how I face it, as best I can. Yeah. I just have to applaud you on how you do that. I, I, it takes a lot of strength, it takes a strong leader, and it definitely takes a person with an open mind to be able to do that. So I thank you and I applaud you for having that leadership role. You missed one thing. It takes a lot of support from those around you too. And That's you guys true. support me. I'll give you a high five for that one. <laughs> <laughs>
You know, Robert, one of the things you really pointed to there is, you know, I think one of the challenges we run into, especially in the media today, is, um, and I told you the story that happens to me, you know, they're like, I'm a, I got a radio show there, so they got to put you in a category so they can market you a certain way, right? Mm -hmm. And um, it, there's this, this rush to identify people as a certain thing. And the thing that I've noticed with you is there is no certain thing. There's just folks. It's Berwinite. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what they and, and I'll tell you who put that in my head really strong yeah. is my friend Scott Lennon. Yeah. Awesome. Scott Lennon came and said, I came from this neighborhood, I came from this neighborhood, but you know what? I'm a Berwinite. Yeah. I'm a Berwinite first. And he put that in my head a long time ago. Thanks, Scott. Awesome. Yeah. Happy birthday, too, man. So, are you going to do like 50 shots for your birthday? No. <laughs> 55 shots. Okay, great. Yeah. Javi, what's up, man? All right. For those people listening at home, we are taking live questions. And a question that I just got from a citizen named Mary in the 8th Ward asked, we all, we all talk about being each other's neighbor and putting, where, putting our money where our mouths are. What, do you, what is your position on in the next few in the next term, making it a requirement for all city employees, future and making exceptions for current ones, from fire department, police department, city employees at city hall, and public works to be Berwyn residents. Uh, the Chicago rule, right? Yeah. You know, I've always believed in re a residency requirement, but many, many years ago, uh, before I was even an alderman, um, Berwyn had to sign a federal consent decree basically saying that we could not require all our employees to live in the city. So they signed the federal consent decree and I've abided by that. Um, at this stage, provided our employees are here to work on time, that our employees do the service that they're supposed to provide for eight hours or whatever overtime are provided, I would not insist on residency. Yeah, you know, I'm just gonna put a thing in here. As a libertarian, <laughs> that dropped the puck, right? No, I, I, think it's, I think it's really great that you, you, know, you treat people as adult. And I think it's, it's really, the, the real job is to provide an environment where people want to live here versus force them to live here. Correct. You know? so, Correct. And yeah. I, I think that uh, through the Y. Berwin campaign with the yeah. Berwin Development Corporation, yeah. I think they've shown people that. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. And it's a good investment now. Mm -hmm. You know, real good investment. Cool. Javi, were there any other questions? Nope, that's it. Cool. Um, yeah, man. Uh, let me get back to mine. I got a couple more here. Um, the one guy, the, the one guy took the best question I had. What's a legacy, right? Who is that? Who's yeah. in like titles? Ricky. There's no way he's gonna want any. I know. So I gotta ask you, right? Uh, what do you think about Blago? <laughs> Look, <laughs> it had to be asked. I will tell it you, it had to be asked. I'm not, I, I never was a big fan of Blago. Yeah, I think he's a braggart. I think he was conceited. Did you hear what he said today? Yes. Oh my God. I think he was Is arrogant. He tone deaf. Um, however, <laughs> yeah. I have to say that I believe the sentence that he was handed down for what he crimes he committed yeah. was way too strict. Yeah, he got he got hammered. Yeah. He got hammered. And got I think it was his big mouth that got him hammered. Yeah, he, I mean, he, he said some, like, he opens his mouth and dumb comes out. Right. Yeah, right. yeah. So that's pretty remarkable. So where's, where's all those older guys, older, older people? Come on up. So I want to I get their Scott. input. Come on up, Scott. Scott. 
and Tony and Alicia. S Scott hasn't spoken oh. yet. You I haven't spoken yet. From Scott. I don't speak much. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say, it's a story when I first moved here. Yeah. Met Bobby 20 years ago. Yeah. And he introduced me to one of his department heads. Yeah. And at that point, he says, this is Scott, and this is his partner. And at that point, that department head said, oh, are they attorneys? <laughs> so at this point, what I will say is this mayor has been very open yeah. to diversity, to the LGBTQ community. Yeah. And we have, we have rose above what the past has been in this community. So I applaud the mayor for this. It's been a special experience for me and my partner, Joseph, and we can't, couldn't be happier. Yeah. Berwyn is a great town, and that's what empowers me every day to do what I do. And thank and, you. And he's not that's saying right. that simply How long have you been an alderman, Scott? Three for, years. That's it, three? Three well, years going on 15. He's yeah. been involved for a long time. <laughs> yeah. He's not saying that simply because he and Joseph are invited to our house for Thanksgiving every year. Because <laughs> <laughs> my wife's a good cook. Yeah. It's, it's all good. But so... So that shows the change of where we are today yeah. and where we were before. So I always say we got to accept what Berwyn is, what it, what it can be, yeah. and what it's never going to be. And that's my three things that I look at every day. Yeah. We are not Hinsdale. Yeah. We are not, you know, Naperville. Yeah. We are Berwyn. We need to accept who we are. Yeah. We need to kind of graduate and move forward. And that's, that's my three things I do every day. Scott, Those, I'd like to even... I'd like to take it one step further than accept is really honor. You know, really honor who Berwyn is both. And, and the thing that I, I'm, I'm really fascinated by with Berwyn is, it, it, because I, I was here shortly after Bob arrived, and uh, just the journey that it's gone, and you know, I know it's in the middle of some other journey, like of, of where it's going in the future, and, it, and the trajectory is really cool. And it's, uh, it's been a real joy to, to have a small sliver of, connection to it you know and I think I think that um, with the city council that we have and the people that we have in the community there's always going to be a fight yeah there's always going to be a fight because there's always going to be people that are not as accepting as most of us are but we need to continuously continuously do that fight yeah yeah so cool guys thank you so much for being here um, we're almost out of time. Uh, I would really want to shout out to Andy and Javier for putting this together and to the guys from The Wire. Thank you so much. This is great. Um, I, I want to thank each and every one of you guys that came. It's really been a, a joy to have you and to interact regardless of what you shared or where you were sharing it from. I really honor it and appreciate it. And it's, it truly is a privilege to have an opportunity to speak to a lot of people and not know them. It's kind of weird, but I'm getting used to it. I've only been doing it for a while, a short period of time. So thank you all. Um, thank you. Yeah, yes. yeah. Yeah, you guys are awesome. So have a great one. Thank you. Good night. This is, oh, I, I should probably say this is Into the Gap, WCGO 1590 AM. Yeah. Thank you. Bye. Yeah.